Chapter 4, Part 14 of Famous Stories Every Child Should Know. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Famous Stories Every Child Should Know, edited by Hamilton Wright Maybe. Chapter 4, Part 14, Undine, by Friedrich Baron de Lamotte Folk. Part Fourteen: How Bertalda Drove Home with the Night. The Black Valley lay among the deepest recesses of the mountains. What is called now, none can tell. In those times, it bore that name among the countrymen, on account of the deep gloom shed over it by many high trees, mostly pines. Even the brook, which gushed down between the cliffs, was tinged with black and never sparkle like the merry streams from which nothing intercepts the blue of heaven now in the dusk of twilight it looked darker still as it gurgled between the rocks the knight spurred his horse along its banks now fearing to lose ground in his pursuit and now again that he might overlook the fugitive in her hiding place if he hurried past too swiftly he presently found himself far advanced in the valley and hoped he must soon overtake her if he were but in the right track then again the thought that it might be a wrong one roused the keenest anxiety in his breast where was the tender bertalda to lay her head if he missed her in this bleak stormy night which was setting in black and awful upon the valley and now he saw something white gleaming through the boughs on the slope of the mountain he took it for bertalda's robe and made for it but the horse started back and reared so obstinately that Huldbrand, impatient of delay and having already found him difficult to manage among the brambles of the thicket, dismounted and fastened the foaming steed to a tree. He then felt his way through the bushes on foot. The boughs splashed his head and cheeks roughly with cold, wet dew. Far off, he heard the growl of thunder beyond the mountains and the whole strange scene had such an effect upon him that he became afraid of approaching the white figure which he now saw lying on the ground at a short distance and yet he could distinguish it to be a woman dressed in long white garments like bertalda's asleep or in a swoon he came close to her made the boughs rustle and his sword ring but she stirred not bertalda cried he first gently then louder and louder in vain when at length he shouted the beloved name with the whole strength of his lungs a faint mocking echo returned it from the cavities of the rocks bertalda but the sleeper awoke not he bent over her but the gloom of the valley and the shades of the night prevented his discerning her features at length though kept back by some boding fears he knelt down by her on the earth and just then a flash of lightning lighted up the valley he saw a hideous distorted face close to his own and heard a hollow voice say give me a kiss thou sweet shepherd with a cry of horror Holbrand started up and the monster after him go home it cried the bad spirits are abroad go home or i have you and its long white arm nearly grasped him spiteful culborn cried the knight taking courage what matters it i know thee foul spirit there is a kiss for thee and he raised his sword furiously against the figure 
but it dissolved and a drenching shower made it sufficiently clear to the knight what enemy he had encountered he would scare me away from batalda said he aloud to himself he thinks he can subdue me by his absurd tricks and make me leave the poor terrified maiden in his power that he may wreak his vengeance upon her but that he never shall wretched goblin what power lies in a human breast when steeled by firm resolve the contemptible juggler has yet to learn and he felt the truth of his own words and seemed to have nerved himself afresh by them he thought too that fortune now began to aid him for before he had got back to his horse again he distinctly heard the piteous voice of bertalda as if near at hand borne toward him on the winds as their howling mingled with the thunder eagerly did he push on in that direction and he found the trembling damsel was just attempting to climb the mountain side in order at any risk to get out of these awful shades he met her affectionately and however proudly she might before have determined to hold out she could not but rejoice at being rescued by her much-loved huldbrand from the fearful solitude and warmly invited to return to his cheerful home in the castle she accompanied him with scarcely a word of reluctance but was so exhausted that the knight felt much relieved when they had reached the horse in safety he hastened to loose him and would have placed his tender charge upon him and walked by her side to guide her carefully through the dangerous shades but colborne's mad pranks had driven the horse quite wild hardly could the knight himself have sprung upon the terrified plunging creature's back to place the trembling bertalda upon him was quite impossible so they made up their minds to walk home with his horse's bridle over one arm huldbrand supported his half-fainting companion on the other bertalda mustered what strength she could in order the sooner to get beyond this dreaded valley but fatigue weighed her down like lead and every limb shook under her partly from the recollection of all she had already suffered from colborne's spite and partly from terror at the continued crashing of the tempest through the mountain forests at length she slid down from her protector's arm and sinking on the moss she said leave me to die here noble huldbrand i reap the punishment of my folly and must sink under this load of fatigue and anguish never my precious friend never will i forsake you cried huldbrand vainly striving to curb his raging steed who was now beginning to start and plunge worse than ever the knight contrived to keep him at some distance from the exhausted maiden so as to save her the terror of seeing him near her but no sooner had he withdrawn himself and the wild animal a few steps than she began to call him back in the most piteous manner thinking he was indeed going to desert her in this horrible wilderness he was quite at a loss what to do gladly would he have let the horse gallop away in the darkness and expend his wild fury but that he feared he might rush down upon the very spot where bertalda lay in this extremity of distress it gave him unspeakable comfort to descry a wagon slowly descending the stony road behind him he called out for help a man's voice replied telling him to have patience but promising to come to his aid soon two white horses became visible through the thicket and next the white smock frock of the wagoner and a large sheet of white linen that covered his goods inside ho oh, stop cried the man and the obedient horses stood still i see well enough said he what ails the beast 
when first i came through these parts my horses were just as troublesome because there is a wicked water sprite living hard by who takes delight in making them play tricks but i know a charm for this if you will give me leave to whisper it in your horse's ear you will see him as quiet as mine yonder in a moment try your charm if it will do any good said the impatient knight the driver pulled the unruly horse's head toward him and whispered a couple of words in his ear at once the animal stood still tamed and pacified and showed no remains of his former fury but by panting and snorting as if he still chafed inwardly this was no time for huldbrand to inquire how it had been done he agreed with the wagoner that bertalda should be taken into the wagon which by his account was loaded with bales of soft cotton and conveyed to the castle of ringstetten while the knight followed on horseback but his horse seemed too much spent by his former violence to be able to carry his master so far and the man persuaded huldbrand to get into the wagon with bertalda the horse was to be fastened behind we shall go downhill said the man and that is light work for my horses the knight placed himself beside bertalda his horse quietly followed them and the driver walked by steadily and carefully in the deep stillness of night while the storm growled more and more distant and in the consciousness of safety and easy progress huldbrand and bertalda insensibly got into confidential discourse he tenderly reproached her for having so hastily fled she excused herself with bashful emotions and through all she said it appeared most clearly that her heart was all his own huldbrand was too much engrossed by the expression of her words to attend to their apparent meaning and he only replied to the former upon this the wagoner cried out in a voice that rent the air now my horses up with you show us what you're made of my fine fellows the knight put out his head and saw the horses treading or rather swimming through the foaming waters while the wheels whirled loudly and rapidly like those of a watermill and the wagoner was standing upon the top of his wagon overlooking the floods why what road is this it will take us into the middle of the stream cried huldbrand no sir cried the driver laughing it's just the other way the stream is coming into the middle of the road look round and see how it is all flooded in fact the whole valley was now heaving with waves that had swollen rapidly to a great height this must be colborne the wicked sprite trying to drown us cried the knight have you no charm to keep him off friend i do know of one said the driver but i can't and won't make use of it till you know who i am is this a time for riddles shouted the knight the flood is rising every moment and what care i to know who you are it rather concerns you however to know said the driver for i am colborn and he grinned hideously into the wagon which was now a wagon no longer nor were the horses horses but all dissolved into foaming waves the wagoner himself shot up into a giant waterspout bore down the struggling horses into the flood and towering over the heads of the hapless pair till he had swelled into a watery fountain he would have swallowed them up the next moment but now the sweet voice of undine was heard above the wild uproar the moon shone out between the clouds and at the same instant undine came into sight upon the high grounds above them she addressed colborne in a commanding tone 
the huge wave laid itself down muttering and murmuring the waters rippled gently away in the moon's soft light and undine alighted like a white dove from her airy height and led them to a soft green spot on the hillside where she refreshed their jaded spirits with choice food she then helped bertalda to mount her own white palfrey and at length they all three reached the castle of ringstetten in safety end of chapter four part fourteen